What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Entrepreneurism Podcast. I'm here with Caleb Box. Caleb is in YouTube automation, running multiple YouTube channels. Caleb, how's it going, man? It's going good. What about you, man? Good, man. Good. I'm glad you could come on. Uh, I know you're young. You're only 20. You're pretty heavy in the YouTube space and had a lot of success. Before we dive into that and different strategies people can implement today, I always ask this first question, what's the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? Um, apartments. I probably have four apartments right now. Four apartments. Are you? Yeah. Well, obviously some of one, of one of the apartments is an office, right? But, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. Three residential, like personal. So are they, I'm assuming they're scattered across. Different so locations. I have one, which is right across from this unit. So, you know, like personal there. And then we have uh, two in another city in like Lubbock. But the problem is that city is like a horrible city. Like it's not like a luxury city. It's like a college campus city. Right. And so we go there. Originally, we're going there to like recruit talent and everything for uh, our team. And uh, safe to say, we only found like a few people there that would actually like hardworking, you know what I mean? Like talented college <laughs> people. We're like, all right, this is not the talent zone for us. And we were like, all right, that was a bad investment. We try to buy out of the lease. And for us to buy out of the lease, they said, you can't buy out of the lease. Like you have to get someone to replace you. So now right, we're like, well, yeah. we can't get out of the lease. So now I have an apartment I don't want. So could you, it, it, can you sublease it or is that so the, the problem? Yeah. And here's the problem. So Lubbock, Texas is a, a dedicated like city just for uh, like a campus. Right? right. So the only people who go there is like campus people, right? Like going to college and with Corona, everyone's moving out, not going back in. So, you know, there's no, like we tried and no one ever like, you know, message us and everything like that. So. Yeah, that's pretty shitty, man. But I mean, you learn from it. You're young. Yeah. You're not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you have an interesting profession, right? YouTube automation, running, running multiple YouTube channels. And I think people struggle running one. Yeah. So let's dive into how you got started. And I know you're young, you're only 20. So I don't know how long you've been doing this, but it's interesting. I want to hear more about it. Yeah. I mean, I started since I was 16. So in 2016 is when I started. Um, and yeah, it was definitely like the, the grounds of YouTube was a lot harder back then. But during 2016, there was a shift in the algorithm where it went from you have to be consistent uploading, have a high view, uh, view velocity, which means you, know, you need to have a lot of initial views within the first 24 hours for your video to actually work in the future. Uh, so it was just a different ballgame. And then during 2016, the end of 2016, something happened with the algorithm. Like they tweaked it everything shifted. So during that time was when this almost new era of YouTubers started to come up, you know, as people who like, like Mr. Beast, I don't know if you ever heard of that guy. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Yeah. Beast has over 40 million subscribers. I ended up being in a mastermind with Mr. Beast when he only had 800,000 subscribers. And we were in a mastermind with probably, I think six other YouTubers. And so what happened was where we all were trying to figure out YouTube because they shifted the algorithm. So it kind of was a plus for me because me being someone who only had like 3000 subscribers himself at the time, being able to be in calls with guys of 800 K subscribers was a big benefit. You know, they would have never been in those calls with each other if the algorithm different didn't shift. So that's kind of like how I got into it. What, so what made you start YouTube in the beginning just to document vlog no, as mainly, you know, you want, I wanted it as a career, right? I mean, like every young kid nowadays, I forgot what the statistic is, but it's crazy. Like, you know, it used to be like, oh, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up, right? Like nowadays it's right. just YouTube. They want to be a celebrity, a YouTuber, right? And so, yeah, I, I just wanted to be a uh, YouTuber and I always had like a business side to me. Mm. I just never knew how to tap the business side and the YouTube side together. I thought those were two different things, but it turns out to be a YouTuber, you almost need a level of business minded like right. to get to it. So how do you, so how do you automate YouTube? 
that that's the strangest thing. And and I, yeah. you know, I watched some clips on Instagram of you, and just I know you're involved in multiple channels. You don't really touch anything. Hmm. How did you get started, and or even think about doing that? Yeah. Um, so it, was, it goes back to that mastermind group I was in. Uh, a lot of it was people who wanted to either a, some of them were never wanted to be a personality. It was never in their interest. They never wanted to do the work or have a personality on camera. And then the other group of people like Mr. Beast, he wanted to still be a personality, but he also wanted to have several channels in the back end uh, to scale and make more money, like passive income, right? So it's not fully dependent on his face for you know money. And so that's kind of where it started. Everyone tried to figure out how can we get to that four hour work week, et cetera. And so we simply just scoured YouTube and saw other successful channels. And there's channels like Looper, who is super big at the time, was one of the first pioneers in the space who had like almost freelance production team, you know, that is making content. So the CEO, whoever runs that channel doesn't really have to do anything, right? They just have freelancers doing it all. So when we figured that out, we're like, yo, we can do the same thing. And so we started going towards that. So are you actually in videos today or are you simply just a CEO of? Yeah, I, I don't touch those videos. Like I have uh, employees that actually work with me and then we hire freelancers. So those employees are pretty much managers who oversee the freelancers and the YouTube channels and just run everything. So um, you don't get there overnight, obviously, but right. you know, you work your way to that point where you can kind of sit back and not have to do a lot of the work. But I assume there's still a level of management, right? Making sure. Of course. Yeah. Like for example, it helps because they're in person, right? So I can walk into the room next door, see them, be like, yo, what's good? Like, what's the update? Blah, blah, blah. If they have any questions, something went wrong. Obviously I'm there for them. But for the most part, they know how to run it themselves once you train them. Right. What are you making videos on? And I know you have multiple channels, so I'm assuming videos of all sorts, but I mean, yeah. let's dive into that. How many subscribers do you have? What you're making videos on? Yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah. So we have personal is like 3 million subscribers and like over 400 million views on multiple channels um, across all of them. So we, it's all sorts of niches. It could be like motivation, sports. It could be like water slides, like top 10 videos. It, we stem everywhere, like celebrities. We're trying right. to touch every niche we can that has millions of views in it, pretty much. Like, that's the aim. That's the goal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's not like one specific niche we go into. So, you look for niches that have success already. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of like a prerequisite. So, if there was some new niche you wanted to make a video in, that would not be a good decision. Yeah. And in and, and general, like think about business, it's very hard to pioneer something on your own. If you don't right. have a proven formula behind it, most people just, it's not worth doing sometimes. I mean, you think about Steve Jobs, right? Like people are like, what are you doing? Like this has never been done before. Right. So everyone doubted him. Then all of a sudden he figured it out. But think about how many people that were probably Steve Jobs, but didn't go all the way through. There were probably a lot of them. Like we don't obviously know them because they didn't make it, but how many Steve Jobs tried to make the next iPhone or computer? There's probably some of them, but they never made it because it's too complex to just too much that goes into it. Right. So it's kind of like, that's how I look at niches that are untapped, not untapped, but like not even made yet. I look at those niches. I'm like, we could be creative, but why? You know what I mean? Like if, if we can go into a niche that works and gets views and we know it's proven, go into that, you know? I mean, and I think there's very few people that make it like a Steve Jobs, right? I mean, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, but it's a, such a small group of people. And I, I don't know how much you read, but there's a book out there by Peter Thiel, one of the first investors in Facebook, who talks about how if you want to have the success like them, you have to create something new, right? right? But Bill Gates also says you make a certain amount of money to where nothing changes in your life. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the goal for this? Are you going to try to keep scaling it? Do you have an end goal of when you're going to start focusing on something else? How does that work in? 
So ultimately for me, financially wise, lifestyle wise, I'm good from the personal channels. Like we're good. Um, and so the reason why we pick up clients is because now it's a goal. It's a goal to try to get to more channels. It's more so now at this point, not so much how much money can I make as much as it is. If we can reach a hundred channels and get results on a hundred channels and have it all, you know, pretty much automated, have a team that's working on the videos and it actually works. We're getting results on all of them. That's an achievement. No, no one else I know can probably do that right now. I don't know anyone personally that's running a hundred channels and almost all of them are doing really well. Right. And so for me, it's like a goal now, now that I have the lifestyle and everything like financially fine, then it turns into your goals of like, you know, trying to see like almost a challenge. Right. And so I think a lot of people, they, they don't know that your goals right now that you may have will shift over time. It's just part of evolving as a human being. And so my goal when I started out in 2016 was make a full-time income 3000 a month. I think I actually said, I think I've set the goal for 6,000 a month. When I first started on in 2016, I was like 6,000 a month. I can live in a house. I can, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I actually want more. Right. So it's a challenge. It's a goal that evolves over time. So I'm going to touch on this. So automation, I'm assuming there's no software involved with this. It's more YouTube delegation. Is that yeah, a fair? pretty much. It's it's like a team delegation. Um, I think uh, you had Craig, right? Did you have Craig on the podcast? Yeah, Craig Valentine. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might have something about it. Um, you know, just in general, delegating the stuff that you know someone else could do better than you, exactly. right? The stuff. Put your time into what you know you're the greatest at, and and so that's kind of like the goal. You want to slowly start delegating. The hard part people run into is risking that money right? Putting yep. that money on the line to hire those people. You're, you're scared. I get it. Like it's risky. When I first did it, I was scared because I, I was only making like $500 on my own channel with me making the videos originally myself. And I was like, well, I could keep this $500 for myself or I could reinvest this $500 to someone else and hope that they make me more money. Right. right so right. it's just that it, it depends on who's willing to take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with that, man. I, I think hiring someone to do something you're not good at, but also think like, I don't remember where I read this, but like mowing your grass, am I going to spend two hours every Saturday keeping my lawn up or should I pay someone a hundred bucks to do it for me? Mm-hmm. Cause how much money can you make with that two hours? Yeah. What can you do with that two hours that you're going to lose as a yeah. result? So it's very interesting how you built a team around you at such a young age. And I'm assuming that you j- didn't go to college or you dropped out of college. No, I dropped out of high school. Dropped out of high school. Yeah. So 26, you're 20. So you were only 16. What, yeah. junior? junior in high school? Uh, yeah, junior. Yeah, I think it was junior year. So I don't, I don't know your family life, but I'm assuming your parents didn't approve of that. So what it was, was I worked with my dad. I was like, all right, look, like obviously I'm, I'm a good salesperson. Right? I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it. Like I, I learned it at a young age. So what I did is I just, I was like, look, this is what we're going to do. If you give me six months, right. In six months, if I don't make a full-time living, I do double work to catch up on high school, right? Like we catch up on high school. So give me six months, to make full-time. If I'm making full-time living by six months or close to it, then you let me officially, you know, I'm done with it. Right. Right. He's like, all right, fine. So he gave me that shot. So that's all I needed. And that also was important for me because I think if I, if my dad said, all right, you can drop out officially forever. I don't know if I would work as hard. Right. There's no timeline on it at that point. Exactly. So that kind of worked in my favor. So uh, when you, when you did drop out, cause that's interesting. Did you already have this idea for YouTube automation or were you just like, I don't know where this is going? Uh, I didn't. My, so actually what my dad, what my dad did, he's like, all right, what I want you to do is I want you to write down, um, you know, your vision, right? And my dad's, he's not entrepreneurial, but he definitely has that entrepreneurial mind. He just works right. for, he's almost like an entrepreneur, right? So he, he told me, he's like, I want you to write down your vision. So then at least I know that you have a decent idea of where you're going, right? right? So he told me like, what do you want in the future? Like what kind of 
YouTube channel, whatever. So originally I was like, I want a news media YouTube channel. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know who Philip DeFranco is? Mm-mm. Okay. So Philip DeFranco, he does like these news. He's been doing it for the longest time. At the time he was super popular. I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. Like I saw that he had a media company. Like he had a team of employees helping out. There's like, he had like a vlog channel showing it off. I'm like, I want that one day. So I wrote it down. I was like a media news channel. Of course (laughs) I didn't make a media news channel, but you know, the same concept idea of a YouTube channel and having a media house. Right. And, and it, you know, it brings me to my next question for individuals who were at that age, right? 16, 17, let's say 18 too. Do you think it's smart for them to drop out without a plan? I think or- what you need, well, here's the difference. At the time, I also had a, a mentor at the okay. time though. So at the time it was, you know, obviously writing down the vision, but it was also, I had connections to another successful YouTuber and I was begging him to edit videos for free. And then he gave me a shot. So what it was more so is I had the open opportunity. So it's not like I ran in there with nothing, right? right. Like, I, like right. I had a level of an idea of where it could go if I put all my effort and energy into it. So yeah, obviously you don't want to be the kid that drops out of school because you're like, I want to be a YouTuber, but you have no idea of how to get there. Like, and you're not going to have all the ideas. It's not like you need the entire plan. You just need the first three steps. If you can come mm-hmm. up with the first three steps that, will, that you know will get you to the next level if you follow through, then it's okay. But if you're... You know what I mean? If you're like, yeah. oh, I don't even know step one, then why are you dropping out? You know what I mean? Well, because I think if you have, you know, even just step one, you can bullshit two through whatever, right? Because mm. I don't even think you know what step two is going to be until Sometimes. step one's completed, yeah. right? Because yeah. I, I think along that journey, like you probably just had this idea, I'm going to grow a YouTube channel. Mm. And now you're running like a hundred or how, I don't know how many you're running. You probably yeah. never had this vision in the beginning, right? Yeah, no, what it was, was originally like, I would actually, even before 2016, I would go on YouTube and I was live streaming playing Minecraft. And so okay. I built a little audience. That's how I got 3000 subscribers on my personal channels. I built a little audience of like little Minecraft people. Right. And so, yeah, I, I had, I was making progress and I made maybe a hundred dollars a week at, or a hundred dollars a month from a YouTube channel at the time. So I knew there was a proof of concept, you know what I mean? So, and I knew how to also edit videos. Right. Are the payouts lower now because i remember watching a video and of course i'm not in the youtube space so i don't know but david dobrik went from making like two hundred thousand a month to a couple thousand because of the way youtube changed their payouts so yeah so it depends on everyone david dobrik the problem with him is using copy and he still does use copyright music in all his videos oh. and so obviously whoever owns that copyright mu- music is gonna get that money so right. he, I don't know why, like uh, I had a buddy that knows him and talks to him about it. He just doesn't care. The amount of money he makes from sponsor deals is ridiculous. He's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. He's living good. Like he doesn't <laughs> need ad revenue. So if you're running a YouTube channel, do you ever use other people's music or do you typically use like no copyright? It's, music? it's not copyright. Yeah. You never want to touch copyright stuff. You want to try to like edit things in a way where it doesn't, where you can, it's fair use, right? You edit things where it avoids copyright problems. Um, and so, yeah, we don't, we don't touch copyright cause you can't make money off of it. Right. And, and I think that's one of those things, especially with running a team, it's probably hard to manage everything. You don't want to micromanage people. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you've run into your fair share of dumpster fires, but Give me a time when shit just hit the fan and you're like, damn, mm. like this sucks. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it or just your lowest point. I don't know, but it, it seems like on paper and especially social media, things are good, right? You run YouTube automation, you're young, you're making mm-hmm. probably more money than a lot of people who are working nine to fives. But I know social media is also a highlight reel. There's yeah. got to be opportunities or, or situations where you're like, shit, this sucks. 
Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and business-wise, I think the problem that I ran into was definitely the very beginning of having to invest some money um, because or it didn't, I didn't get my $500 back that I invested until three months down the line. And what happened was where, so originally what happened was where I built up a channel, right? To, uh, it was around Jake Paul, like gossip videos, pretty much like just J- Jake Paul, like top 10 Jake Paul something, right? So I built that up and it was getting a lot of views, but the problem was that only was getting me like a dollar every 1000 views. It wasn't making me that much money. So even though on paper I had a lot of views, I wasn't making a lot of money on the back right. end. And so, um, I was still making like $500, but I saw the trend was dying. Cause at the time, Jake Paul's relevancy was going down too. And so what I did, I was like, okay, well, obviously I have to pivot into another niche. I have to figure out what to do. Um, I saw Marvel Marvel was picking up at the time cause the in game and that whole thing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pick up into that. And so what I ended up doing was I started to, uh, you know, do a little bit of that, but then I realized, man, I need like to hire someone. You know, I saw my friends who were successful at YouTube and they were doing it. I'm like, I got to do it. Like I have to push myself because there's no way I'm going to get to six figures if I'm not willing to hire people. Right. Right. And so that's when I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to risk this, you know, 500 or so dollars every month and hope that it pays off. So it was, what was happening was I was scared because the money was going, like my channel was dying. Cause when you sh- shift a niche, the channel will die. Like it will right. go down. And so, oh, so you didn't that, create a new channel. I didn't even create a new channel because mm. I, I, I was just too scared. Like I was like, there's no point because at that point, if the channel's already dying, like on its own, even before switching niches, it's like, you might as well just use that channel. Right. Um, and so it was dying. I was like, okay, I got to do something. So it kept dying even two months down of shifting into a different niche. And I was just like freaking out because the money keeps going down. The money keeps getting <laughs> less and less every month. And I'm like, please have a breakout video, please. And then the third month I had a breakout video and the funny part is the week before that breakout video, I think all of the like viral, the, the videos that were making money on Jake Paul got mm-hmm. like claimed, which means Jake Paul manually, like one of his managers manually went to the video, saw that was still making money and wanted to take that money. So then they claimed it. So for like, they ended up making some money from that and I wasn't making the money. So that means Shit. the channel went from $0 practically per month. And then, a, and I was like, I'm like, it's over. It's over for me. A week later, we get a breakout video and everything works out. I'm like, Dude, like I'm, I'm safe. I'm good. So it's definitely that moment of like scared that it's not going to work out. Yeah. That, that's probably the biggest one for me. Well, did, did your parents ever tell you they'd help you financially if you needed it? No. I mean, well, I was living with them. So there was that level of financial, but no, I had to buy my own car. Like my dad bought my sister's cars, but I had, to, he told me, look, you're going to have to get your own car. You're the dude. You're not like these girls. I'm like, all right, yeah. fine. I'll get it. I had to buy my own car. And then, uh, yeah, my, the only thing my dad did for me, uh, was, which is important. Like he bought me uh, a computer. That's all I needed. Like he bought me my first, uh, it was like a laptop and everything. And so yeah, I yeah. used that laptop and it was a really slow laptop, but it was just enough to edit videos, get momentum, save up money, buy a computer that was like faster editing. So, you know, that's all I really needed. And then obviously besides the roof over your head and food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think definitely, even if it's not financial security, but like food's on the table every night, you got a roof over your head. You're not going to be on yeah. the street. I think that gives you less stress right? Because I think people, especially nowadays, because I, I think people who start earlier have it better. But when you start later in life, when you're, you're paying your own rent, you your have rent, a house yeah. and you put everything into something and if it fails, like you're screwed. Yeah. You know? I think, so, I think the biggest thing for me though, was knowing that if it does like during those three months where it was like, it was going down, my fear was, I knew that if it wasn't going to blow up, I have to go back to high school. Right. So it's, and, and by the way, by that time, I think it was actually, yeah, the six months was up. My dad gave me a little bit more of grace period 
So it was like the end of like six months and everything. Like he gave me a few more extra months or whatever to like just push it. And like, I was like, uh, like I have to catch up on probably nine months of work. You know what I mean? Like an yeah. entire year of work. So yeah. And I don't want to be that senior in high school. That's with like all the other seniors when they happen to technically be juniors. You know what I mean? Right. So, so, so at what point were you able and how good did it feel to be like, Hey, I've made it. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever really thought I made it. I think it was more so I, I'm safe. You know what I mean? For now, because the thing about business, you're never safe forever. You're right. safe for now. Um, and so it's one of those things where in that moment, I'm like, okay, we're good for three months at least, but I know how YouTube works. It's possible it could go down if I'm not, if I, if I get lazy, right? I have to always right. watch the trends, always watch what's happening. Otherwise I'm, it's over just like business. If you're not watching you know, your blind sight and like all of a sudden the competition just swoops in and takes all your clients. So it's definitely that element of you don't want to get comfortable, but I did feel safe knowing that, okay, I'm going to keep working on this. And sure enough, like I think it was three months or four months later, that's when finally, like I had like enough money to officially move out and move to Dallas. All this other stuff started to trickle in and just caught up for me. Does that get stressful trying to keep up with the trends? Keep up with the what? The trends. The trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it depends on what phase you are in in the business, right? I think at the very beginning, when you have one channel and one revenue stream, yes, because right. obviously your whole life's dependent on that channel and that revenue stream. Um, I think when you have multiple, then one trend could, could be going down because it's normal for trends to go up and down. So right. one, one channel could be going down, but if you have multiple channels, the other channel at the same time could be going up. So it almost balances itself out. So it's fine. Uh, but definitely when you have one channel, it's scary. And I mean, this is kind of random, but you said it earlier. Is it normal for popular YouTubers or maybe any YouTuber to go back and claim videos? Is that a normal thing? Um, it's possible, but the way we edit, like over time, I've adjusted the strategy based on just testing. Mm-hmm. And now the way we edit our videos is where like we can pretty much win every copyright issue. Um, simply because like I said, we figured out how to do fair use. We talked to lawyers, all this other stuff. So we're good now. Uh, but yeah, back then, obviously I didn't have a lawyer. <laughs> you right, know, I, didn't, right. I couldn't even afford my own stuff. So yeah, it was definitely one of those things where over time you fi- you figure out how to like play the game. I feel like that's kind of shitty though on the person who claims it. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? Technically, it's a little bit of their content. The difference right. was we had our commentary over it, so yeah, we had an edited piece of content. It wasn't like we just reposted a clip, so yeah, it was definitely a pain. So who who do you see in the YouTube space that is up and coming? Right? I mean, I think you have your core YouTubers, Mr. Beast, right? Follow him. You got PewDiePie, who's probably never going to be touched. Logan Paul. Jake Paul. Actually, I feel like PewDiePie is going to get touched for sure because um, I talked to Mr. Beast, one of the Mr. Beast, like they have Mr. Beast has a giant, you know, but he has a data guy that I'm good friends with. And he actually told me like, he was like based on his, he's really analytical. He's a smart kid. Uh, he's told me that he thinks that he, Mr. Beast in the next three years will surpass PewDiePie in subscribers. Really? Like, yeah. Like, because PewDiePie is growing slow compared to Mr. Beast. So we're thinking that's probably what's going to happen. So Mr. Beast will, I mean, or PewDiePie will definitely slowly trickle away. I feel like. Do you think he got complacent? Oh, yeah. He just the problem, reached Yeah, the problem is like, he's yeah. known as being like the first YouTuber that had really a breakout, right? Right. And so the issue is for him, that gets in his mental. Also, he has so much money, so he doesn't really care. But it also gets in his mental from an angle of like trying to stay the top dude, if that makes right. sense. And so yeah. for him, I think that – I think what's going to happen, honestly, is if Mr. Beast surpasses him, I think it will take him – maybe a year and then he'll snap back into it and want to like try to fight. <laughs> like, I think right. that's what's probably going to happen. Cause he's never had a competitors besides corporations, like a T series, 
he's never had a personality based person, especially in America has surpassed him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't follow YouTube, but I know that, uh, Mr. Beast when I was in college, so I actually went to college and drop out, you know, I went the corporate route, but, uh, Mr. Beast, his videos were like saying Logan Paul a hundred thousand times shooting through big stacks of paper. Right. Yeah. And it was just stuff that was so stupid, but you're like, you wanted to watch it a 24 hour video of him saying Logan Paul, like, why not? You know? Yeah. What, one thing about that that you had realized is, uh, and because I was in calls with him during that time when he first did the transition of content like that, what was happening was he knew he couldn't make a, um, you know, or, or you know how he does like a bunch of Orbeez in someone's backyard. He knew right. he couldn't do that like level of video quality um, in the phase of life he was at the time. And so what he did was he followed the trend, which was Logan Paul at the time. He was like, okay, I'm going to do Jake Paul and Logan Paul and do a crazy video, but it's on a budget. I don't have to spend any money for it. It's just my time. Right. And then he gains momentum and then he has the money to do those crazy videos. So people who think that they can go right off the get and do a crazy video and that one video will go viral. It, chances are it actually does it. Even if a high quality video, if it's your first video, even with a budget, I see a lot of those videos actually don't perform. So right. it's like, it's all about what is the steps. And this applies for business too. You don't want to do step five on step number one. You know what I mean? You want to slowly step into it. And do you think people who start now with no, no social following, just for the sole purpose of vlogging, do you think that's smart? Or do you think they should play on a trend first yeah. Start vlogging. Trends. I mean, even, even if you make it, it's still trends. Um, and, and that's the difference. Like there's these anomaly channels that will develop over time if they get big enough. Right. Mr. Beast is one of those anomaly channels at this point. I mean, I do know that they do have a level of trend following and they also really look into how to you know present a good video. So it's not like they, they are vlogging. I mean, if you think about it, these are video ideas that are really well thought out videos that are crazy that you have to click to watch. So it's not right. like they're just vlogging, right? But there are anomaly channels eventually that will uh, surpass like a David Dobrik. Like uh, David Dobrik gained enough uh, momentum because he did actually early on follow some trends. Early on, he was following a little bit of trends in his videos. Then he gained momentum and now he's at a point where people just watch him because he's funny and they keep coming back. So he has such a loyal audience that that audience pushes his videos out even if it's not the most trendy you know, title. Right. Cause it's him at the end of the day. It's David yeah. Dobrik. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So of all these YouTubers we've talked about, cause I know you mentioned you had a mentor in the beginning. Who, who do you study? Who do you look up to? Who do you want today to today or back then today? Today. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like, or you might not consume content, right? I think you get to a point in business where you have to stop consuming and start producing. Yeah. I think for me, it's more so now my friends, like I see my, like I have friends I call are making like, uh, like one kid made 5 million uh, in a single year from Instagram. So I, I see that and I'm, and I have them always on phone. I'm always talking to them like, man, like, all right, I got to get to that level. Right. So <laughs> I think it's more so at a certain point in business, as you grow now, your, your friends or the, or the people you used to look up to are now your friends. And so now you can see what they're doing. And then you're like, right. oh, I got to one up that dude. It's a fun, friendly competition to see if you can get to that, that level. So yeah, I think, I think that's mainly what it is. I look up to my friends and see what they're doing to try to do, you know, do the same thing and get to that point. Yeah. And, and it seems like too, your circle has probably grown hmm. as far as like financially over time, which is good. And I think that's a good thing to look up to, but Caleb, we're, we're going to start wrapping up here. I think we talked about a lot YouTube wise, uh, not only your journey, but probably some tips and tricks in there for other people to grow. Right. But before we end, I always ask this question, why do you love what you do? Cause YouTube automation is pretty unique, but why do you love that? And why is it 
also equally as important for business owners and entrepreneurs to also love what they do. Yeah. I think it's more, it's a mix for me now. Again, if you would have asked the, the six-year-old me, it'll be different, right? Than the answer today. Right. I think today the answer is it's a mix of challenge and freedom, right? Like right now, what we're working on is obviously these YouTube automation channels. Then we're putting those investment money as well, slowly into real estate. So then it's a more long-term legacy and long-term wealth way down the road, right? right. So financially, financial freedom, obviously way down the road. I mean, I have financial freedom now, but you know, on a grand scheme, long-term, right? YouTube one day will fade away. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I think it'll be five or 10 years before it does, but it will fade away one day probably. And so obviously we're trying to do long-term investments uh, to have freedom long-term. And then I think also from an angle of what kind of that I enjoy that like pushes me every day is definitely the challenge. Like I said, like, can we reach to a hundred channels and get all those channels making money and results? Like it's that challenge in the game that I enjoy. And that's why, um, and nothing's changed like ever since 2016, like I've never changed niches or business. Like I never changed businesses. It's always been this business. And so it's always me trying to master this craft and right. see how far I can go with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that that's something people need to emulate is just challenging themselves in a sector or whatever that they enjoy mm. or passionate about. I think that's the best thing. But Caleb, I appreciate your time, man. Where can my audience find you on social media and YouTube? Yeah, definitely on Instagram at Caleb Box. And then on Instagram, I obviously have all the links to other social medias. So I think that one, you know, my first and last name on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, guys, reach out to Caleb. Let him know what you thought about the episode. And I appreciate your time, man. No problem, man. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneurism Podcast. We post episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 a.m. Central Time. We would greatly appreciate if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I'm Brady Morgan, your host. We'll see you next time.